2: Hello, Camper. Hello there, friend. Howdy.
1: Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Truth Cabin.
3: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Truth Cabin. My name's Charlie. I'm Matt. And I'm Steve. And we're here for another episode, another adventure. So I just wanted to start off by just saying our last episode, which is all about the American Mall, uh, we got so much great feedback about that episode from all of our campers on social media and just... Personally, all three of us. So we just want to thank everybody for all the great feedback and for everybody who listens, guys. Um, do you want to say anything more about that? I I very much appreciate the the
1: the words of encouragement. Uh, just hearing about that episode has has made me smile every time because mm-hmm. it was it felt such a like such a great uh, recording. Just to hear it, like the feedback mm-hmm. has been pretty wonderful.
2: Yeah, I love to hear about all you know, all our campers uh, memories of of malls growing up. And so many of them we covered in our episode, you know, the little lady that hands out the the free chicken uh, visiting Dappy. One of my friends said that they really loves Dappy Mm -hmm. Uh, and some of the other stores, Claire's gap, American Eagle. I think the best thing about the responses I got from so many of the campers that we have listening is that, Despite malls having this steady decline over the years, we still hold on to those memories, right? And we mm. still uh, so we, true. We Thank still can you. at least enjoy the memories and and uh, carry that forward, even as malls continue to die. But I, I really liked the the banter that we had, and uh, I'm excited to see what we had for today.
1: Yeah, there's always there's always going to be a mall in our hearts. Yes, yes.
3: They may decline out there, but they'll never decline in there.
2: Yep. And I, honestly, I will say the most revealing thing from last episode was um, the revelation that Charlie was a discount prep. I didn't know that about him before. So it's, yes. it's interesting that, you know, the, the, the truths just keep coming out episode after episode. So I'm excited to see what we discover today.
1: Yeah, yes. we're, we're starting to dig deep into <laughs> our counselor
3: lore. <laughs>
2: yes.
3: yeah, I pick, You always pick up new things at the truth cabin. <laughs> So uh, we had a few questions that we put up on our Instagram account. If you'd like to follow us on our Instagram account to see questions you might mention here in the show, or just get updates on the podcast, you can go to at the truth cabin on Instagram. So we're just going to go over these and then we'll get into our main segment for the day. So the first one we're going to be going over was the question, what is your favorite mall store? So a store that specifically that you went to in a mall. So we had a few really good answers. Uh, the first uh, person that put something in said borders and just in general bookstores. Yeah, I think it's a really yep. great one. Um, this part, someone mentioned one that I didn't even think of in the last one, which is a great one and they mentioned just like those old school like candy stores where you just go in and like get, you could scoop, put them in the bag. Oh yeah. Yep, those, yeah, those ones are awesome. Yep, that's awesome. Then uh last one I'll mention that someone brought up, which is a really good one, which is one that I've never been in, but they mentioned limited and limited two the two stores that I've I've never I've never been in. I think yep. I don't know if I, I don't know if I had any uh, women in my life that have been there before, but I think it was like one limited was for like a for like adult women and then limited two was more for like girls, I think or something like that, right?
2: Yep, yep.
1: and the next one will be too too fast, too limited
3: and who's going to shop there what like what what is their focus there steve vin diesel Diesel? really tight black (laughs) t-shirts just really tight (laughs) for everyone for all (laughs) and then our next one was a poll and i had a feeling when i put out the put this one out that it would be one that was overwhelming and it was so the poll was Are you more of an elevator person or an escalator person at the mall? Oh, yes. And overwhelmingly, everybody 100% said that they're an escalator person, which I expected it to be very lopsided. And it it definitely was. But uh, thank you to everyone for voting on that. But guys, do you find yourself to be more of an elevator and escalator person? Do you agree with the poll? I, I agree with the poll.
1: Yeah, I'm an escalator person.
2: I would agree I'm an escalator person, but if I see one of those trendy um, elevators with the full glass shroud around it, where you can go all the way up and all the way down and see everybody, I sometimes I dabble in elevators every now and then.
3: <laughs> all right. Then our last one, this is an interesting one. So It was another poll, and this one was, which is the better mall eating experience? So Are you more of a restaurant person or a food court person? So this one was actually interesting. So for this one, the percentages are 36%. So 36% of people said that they're more food court and then 64% said that they're more restaurant. And um, so that's, I mean, I think the restaurant experience is definitely a little more, a little more welcoming, a little more fun. I mean, obviously a food court is like being in a giant cafeteria. I definitely feel like it feel more nostalgic to the food court experience, but right. if I'm going to eat food, I think I agree that I would rather have it in a restaurant.
1: Yeah, agreed. You cut it. I I think a restaurant in the mall is kind of a break from the mall. Like, mm-hmm. if you're if you're like me, a little socially anxious, the the warm protection of a of a restaurant is. <laughs> you
2: know or you could have the best of both worlds and eat at johnny rockets which is in the food court area but it's not a quick service
3: Mm -hmm. oh good point point. yeah
2: yep um but bertucci's that was always my go-to uh mall restaurant was bertucci's that pizza and the the breadsticks delicious
3: All right. All right, everyone. So again, thank you so much for all the great feedback and for answering our polls and questions on the last episode. And we are going to have another great episode today. So when we come back, we will be discussing our main topic. So we'll be back in a sec, everybody.
1: Hello, campers. I... I'm so happy you've joined us again at the Truth Cabin. Um, today, we are going to talk about national treasures. Ooh. And by that, I mean people who are national treasures. I'm I'm not speaking about the Nicolas Cage movie, or the <laughs> franchise of movies, though, or maybe we will. I don't know what what the two of you have been up to this, this month. So um, yeah, uh, I wanted to explore this topic because I feel like it's an unspoken sort of thing where the qualifiers for calling somebody a national treasure are a bit nebulous that there's kind of, No one way to define a national treasure, though I did look for a definition, which I will read to you now from the website wordnick.com. A person, place, or object that is deemed to be of value to an entire nation, usually due to its cultural significance. Hmm.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Oh, interesting. (laughs) Okay. So, that being said, I would like to hear from my fellow counselors how they approached this topic. So, what are we thinking? Counselor Charlie, let me in.
3: So, when I first started thinking about this topic, I think the hard thing that kept happening to me was. I kept thinking about, am I really thinking about someone who's considered or something that's a national treasure or am I just thinking about things that necessarily I like? I think it's easy to say, well, this thing or this person's a national treasure when it's not necessarily something that like is more universally kind of like, even if you're not a huge fan, everyone's kind of like, yeah, I like that. So I tried to look at people, movies, things that, even if you're not a massive fan of this person or this franchise or this food or whatever it is, generally like, you know, who they are, what, what they're about or what it's about. And that's kind of where I was sitting on that. So I got a, I found a, I found a couple that I'm a huge fan of and I totally look at it as a national, as a national treasure. And some of them that I'm not as familiar with, but, even though I'm not as big a fan, I know so much about them just based on the lore around them. Yes, that,
1: that's a good point. The idea of somebody who is universally liked. So you have to kind of think outside yourself a little bit. Um, And I had a similar experience with this topic. Um, Having my opinions kind of inform the lists that I came up with of people, um, but before I continue further, Matt, what are what are your thoughts on how we define a national treasure?
2: My thoughts would be they need to be multifaceted. You know, they they need to be giving back to. The community, in, in my opinion, through pop culture uh, in different ways. So they need for some variety. Um, and that could be the successes they've had, um, their notoriety. If they have charities and they give back to the community. If they have maintained the ability to reinvent themselves and stay relevant in different ways uh, through different types of media. So when I was thinking about this question, I, I really tried to dig deep into what What person or people are multifaceted and cover so many different regions that they help um, give back and become kind of that legendary status, uh, despite being maybe on the younger side?
1: Very good point. Uh, So full disclosure, Yep. um, the spark of this idea uh, came to me thinking about John Lithgow's voice in progresso soup
2: commercials
1: (laughs) so i kind of with with that little seed that truth seed um i grew a tree right of people that like my baseline qualifier for a national treasure is would i be happy to see or hear this person in a commercial and that's kind of like a good litmus test I found. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that. That's interesting. Yeah. So I, um, I I think we've covered this pretty well. So let's move into some specifics. Um, I pose the question to the two of you. Who are the first people who come to mind when you think of national treasures? Matt, do you want to go first?
2: So I'll just name a couple different names that came to mind initially, I would say Walt Disney. Oh, Jim Henson.
1: Oh, very good.
2: Very influential for me. Uh, Also, I would say I really love Paul Rubens, AKA Pee Wee Herman. He has had an impact on me. Maybe not so much a lot of people, but he's a personal favorite.
1: Yeah. Ditto. Ditto on that.
2: Yeah. And specifically, if I had to choose one, that I'd like to dig into myself, it would be pop star Lady Gaga. Oh, that, that is my, that is my choice for the multifaceted uh, pop culture icon legend that, uh, that has so much to give and still so much to give years later. Um, but Lady Gaga, she, she's my choice for legendary status.
1: Very nice. Let's hear from you, counselor Charlie. Yes.
3: So, as I, the, the first thing I thought of when I thought of National Treasure was, oh, Tom Hanks. Like, he was like, literally, I was just like, it's got to be Tom Hanks. Yeah. Because, because of just his great career and everything that he has done. People, other people that I also really were interested in, in this, in this topic, where one person is a sports person that I think maybe... Sports is kind of kind of confusing because you know some certain regions people don't think people are necessarily as big as you are in other regions. So I was going to say as a national tre- treasure Tom Brady, even but I will say I am from we are from New England, so maybe a little bit of a biased answer. Yeah, but I think that he he fits in there. But other people that I really do believe fit in there, is, I would agree on walt disney i would also say in the world of film and everything like that i think that meryl streep would fit into that role really really well as well yeah yeah and then as somebody who was a creator i was trying to think of like a director or something like that and i was thinking more along the lines now somebody who i look at as a national treasure and also someone a big fan of would be a director like christopher nolan someone who's really like really big around the world so i have a few i don't have any one in particular person i want to talk about a lot but those are just a mix of some of the people that i really look at as national treasures who i'm also a fan of
1: it's interesting that hearing the diversity of the lists um because like my my first pass list at this is different from the the two of you yeah um i'll just go through a few uh betty white oh yep. yes um mel brooks yep jeff goldblum
2: yep also a good and one
1: this uh this list you can kind of tell that the commercial qualifier is is kind of relevant um, to these selections but i will i will continue john c Riley. Samuel L. Jackson,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Danny Trejo. Who's
2: that?
3: Oh, yes, I know.
1: Yeah. Uh, the the dude in Machete.
3: Oh, okay. He's also the uncle in Spy Kids. Yeah, good movie. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like
1: every time you see Danny Trejo, it he just is the best. You, you know, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Yep. LeVar Burton of Reading Rainbow Fame and Henry Winkler. Let's think about the term national treasure in relation to the term living legend. So they're very similar, um, the, the two words, but I'm curious how you, I posed this question To the two of you what do you think is the distinction between the two
3: i kind of look at that and say if someone's a living legend i think it's it has more to do with like their accolades like what they accomplish maybe in their field like like if you have like if you're a professional athlete or if you're like an actor or something and you've had you've won oscars and golden globes and your movies have grossed a ton of money I think that you can kind of consider that person a living legend because, like, just based on that, like, I mentioned people like Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep has more Academy Award nominations than anybody has ever had. And wow. just based on that, it mean, you could call her a legend because of how many times she's been nominated and how successful her movies have been. I think that the difference between calling someone a national treasure is, and I believe when you you two said this before, is it's not just about what their career is or what they're best known for. It's also the stuff they do outside of their career. Because I'll tell you, there are plenty of actors and professional athletes who I'm a huge fan of their ability to act or their ability to play a game. But then the person they are outside of that, like the real person they are, is not exactly somebody that I'm a fan of. And there are quite a few people i could think of that kind of fit that role but in general it's someone who you re- if you if they're a legend they could just be like they are great at what they do and they're very successful at it but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a great person or that they, or that you really like what they do outside of what they're known for a national treasure is someone's like not only are they great at what they do but on top of that they're really they're really nice everyone likes them maybe they donate to a lot of charities they're involved in a lot of things there's somebody that while you like them, they're also someone like, I would love to meet this person and know them on a personal level, possibly.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of came to the the same conclusion where s- saying somebody is a national treasure, there's a sense of joy in, mm-hmm. in saying that. So um, I have an example, but I will let Matt... Um, if you have anything to add.
2: I think that the the term national treasure implies that they are kind of a, a gift to the people, you know, that they are, uh, they're someone that gives back, like Charlie had mentioned with maybe charities, um, and what they do outside of what they're known for.
3: Yeah, so whenever I think about people who are national treasures, I do, like we said, I think we've hit the nail on the head with the idea that national treasure is somebody who just does also does things outside of their job. And it's not just, they're very well known for things in their job. Like if we're thinking about it from the actor standpoint, um, I would, like accept Tom Hanks, I think absolutely. Cause not only has Tom Hanks had an incredible career Academy award wins, he's done things as wide ranging as being Woody and toy story to being the main character in a, really serious movie like Philadelphia. Like he can, he has a very wide range and he can do a lot of things. But outside of that, like you ever see him do interviews on TV shows. Like he's just a very personable guy. I think one of my favorite things about Tom Hanks personally is that he's basically the guy who came up with calling Conan O'Brien Coco. So if you ever watch Conan O'Brien on the internet, on YouTube, he has a, his YouTube channel is called Team Coco. And Coco came from, when Tom Hanks went on his show and he started calling him that. And then everybody started calling him it. So that's interesting. Yeah. I I, I didn't know that. That's one of my favorite little things. It's almost like how famous do you have to be that a nickname that you say one time on a show basically becomes a name that uh, a already very famous person is now known for. So I think that definitely fits there. And also like he donates a lot of money to charities. He gives his time to a lot of really good causes and Somebody I would look at on the opposite side of that, somebody who, well, I think they are definitely a legend. I'm not a huge fan of their life outside of their work would be someone like Tom Cruise. I love, Literally, I've never seen anybody who acts like him, like from all the movies he does. Like I love Mission Impossible. He's great at that. And without getting into a ton of detail, because that's not the point, but his life outside of his acting is something that I'm not, huge fan of so i would not necessarily consider him a national treasure but he's definitely a living legend and
1: yeah yeah that's a very good point i also scribbled down some some of those pairs the the um kind of somebody who is a living legend versus kind of a, a similar someone who is in the same field that is a national treasure um and uh, without listing all this stuff, I'll just, you know, we'll, we can hop around and discuss. So f- feel free to chime in. Yep. Um, I think Jerry Seinfeld would be considered a living legend. But on the other hand, I think Jon Stewart is a national treasure. So there's kind of a personality difference where... Jerry Seinfeld doesn't feel like a personable, you know. You don't know if you would have a good time if you were going to lunch with Jerry Seinfeld. Not to hate on Jerry Seinfeld, obviously, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and I here's here's another example. And tell me if I'm out out of line here. David Letterman being a living legend, but Conan O'Brien being a national treasure.
2: I see that, yeah. So the the national treasure, you, there's a little more warmth to it, and it's right. almost like you're you're thankful, like th- thank goodness we have this uh, you know actor or singer or whatever uh, to give back to everybody. I
3: I would I would agree on that. I mean, David Letterman's a, was a great late night host, but Again, it's like, I don't really know him for anything outside of that. Like, I I could not tell you about anything else. Doesn't mean he hasn't done things, but like, I really don't know him outside of that. Conan is the type of guy where not, where like he has a very large social media presence. He tries to, he go, he donates his time and money to charities and things like that. And you can tell that, I don't know, sometimes you hear people talk in, in public and you can tell they're not really being themselves. Right, And some people, you hear them talking, you know, just like, while they maybe are prepared, they're just speaking from their heart. And um, and that's something big, especially in that, just talking about that late night host world, was why I think that Jon Stewart also fits totally into there. Because the stuff he said on The Daily Show is also the stuff he backed up from his, ad, from, from his work he did, working as an advocate for a lot of things in real life. Right. But, but Jerry Seinfeld, like, I literally could not tell you anything about his life outside of his his movies. Yeah. I
2: think a big part of it is likability. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's really what is bringing all this together. Because I was listening to another podcast recently where they cover um, successes and failures in pop music over the decades. And they did mention, the whole episode was about likability. And they mentioned artists like Katy Perry and uh, also Avril Lavigne. You know they're very successful artists, but they lack perhaps a likability. Where maybe Katy Perry seems a little less genuine than other artists, maybe a little prepackaged, and maybe not as authentic as other artists like my choice for today today, Lady Gaga. I feel like when you can feel a connection with a an actor or a, a musician and there's more to, to them than just surface value, that's when you're leaning more towards a national treasure status, I think.
1: That's a very good point. I have a couple more of these pairs. Um, yep, go for that it. But I, I think are, are worth looking at um, because they because this distinction can only really be thought about in terms of like who we know and who, who is in culture. I think the examples define the terms if right. that makes sense. Um, so here are a couple random like not thinking about movies or music um, shifting gears to sports. Um, Michael Jordan being a living legend but Shaq being a national treasure. So there's a, a certain sense of oh yeah you kind of know who that person is like i don't know by seeing michael jordan in other media you know watching him on space jam or right um who he really is but Shaq, wherever you see him you get a sense of his actual personality and you know the the things he he thinks and one, one last example for the road. Yeah. Pat Sajak, the host of Wheel of Fortune. Of course. Is a living legend. But I think the late Alex Trebek was a national treasure.
3: I would agree with that for sure. I agree as well. I think it's actually that last one. Alex Trebek was just so good at, while obviously being the host of Jeopardy was so important to him, and it really... When it was his entire career, you knew kind of about who he was outside of there too. Like he would, he would, I would, he would go on like late night shows to get, do interviews. He also had his own charities. He really had no problem talking about his life and his struggles. And even when he got sick, he was very clear with people about what was going on. Right. He, and he said like, I'm just going to keep going, even though I don't know how much longer that I have. So and I really thought that was great. And Pat Sajak, while obviously a fantastic host and has done a great job on his show for many years, I really do not know anything about him outside. He's not really like, like I said, not a, not a social media person, not somebody who really talks to people outside of his show. So I, I totally agree with that.
1: This is good. I, I think we're finding truths here. Absolutely. We're stumbling. We're stumbling down a hill of truths, picking <laughs> up patches of truth grass in, right. in in the nooks and crannies of our clothing. <laughs> what a metaphor. Okay, not to bring the conversation down, but I, I would like to stay on the topic of death, um, just having talked about Alex Trebek so I posed the question to you guys what role does death play in naming a national treasure and if it's possible for a national treasure to be you know crowned posthumously so I I think I I wanted this topic in here because there are just legendary people who have recently passed away in the past few years that I think it would be wrong to not mention them. So just, right. just throwing a few names out for, for now. Um, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. I think just of course. everything he did in life, be it his role in Aladdin or comic relief, you can see that he was just like a crowning jewel of, of our culture. Um, So I I wanted to make sure his, his name was in this episode. Um, Mr. Rogers. You both know that I'm such a fan of Mr. Rogers. That's like your Um,
2: go-to karaoke song, right? Oh yeah.
1: I I love it. Won't you you be my neighbor? It's such a good, it's a crowd pleaser. (laughs) Every time Bob Ross of course bob ross. Yep. He's had a big resurgence in the the way that they've released his back catalog of episodes, so he's had a big cult following now on the internet and it's been interesting to see him revived in a way. Um, mm-hmm. and then I also just wanted to mention Whitney Houston.
3: Absolutely. Of course.
1: You know, one of the best star spangled banner performances ever you know absolutely Um, okay and anybody have anything to add here any uh, names charlie
3: yeah what do you got I, i can think of two people who it actually blends into what happened after they died and like the legend kind of around them or lore around them so the two people i can think of that are they're both one's very recent and one is relatively recent would be Keith Ledger and Chadwick Bozeman. because I've been thinking about how when just after Heath Ledger passed away, he was a fantastic actor, had done a lot of great movies, right. but he had passed away just after being nominated for probably one of his best and most iconic roles, which which was in The Dark Knight playing the Joker. And he won that Academy Award and his, after death. And I remember seeing a lot of people talk about would he have won that award if he had not passed? Was it more, so it's like the question of did his death play a role in that character getting that award? And I tend to look at that when people say things like that, say like, it was incredible. Like his, he did such a great job playing that role. It was so different than the many other people who played it before. and. Also, right. his other roles that he had done, things like Brokeback Mountain, A uh, Knight's Tale, they were so big at their time that I think it kind of plays a role into most of these people. It's like the the what if, like, wow, they had done this in life. If they had lived longer, imagine what else they would have accomplished, like the what if with it. And right. it's the same thing going on right now with Chadwick Bozeman. He obviously tragically passed away last year. And when he passed away, obviously, he's very well known for playing he played Jackie Robinson in a movie about his his life he played obviously black panther in the marvel cinematic universe right. and right now um before the, so it's just before this episode will officially air but before we made this before the 2021 academy awards he's nominated posthumously for a movie that he was in it's uh, called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom So he was nominated for that and people are saying that he has a really great shot at winning. And I know it's probably going to be another one of those situations where people are going to say, if he does win, did he get this because of his, because he really was the best acting role for the year, or is it because people miss him so much that they almost want to give it to him as like one last hurrah in his legacy? Like, is that, is it earned or not? And, while I have not seen the movie yet, the reviews are fantastic. And just based on how great an actor he was, I'm sure that if he wins, it'll be because it was earned. And Chadwick Boseman, the same way. So many great acting credits, a really great person. And there'll always be the question of the what if he had lived longer and right. and had that possibility. I think that definitely plays a role in the posthumous like making someone a national treasure because you lost that person before you really got everything you thought you could get from them.
1: Yeah. I think to that point, Chadwick Boseman was well on the path of being a national treasure Mm -hmm. just for the sake of black representation in a big blockbuster superhero movie. 100%.
2: It's just, Groundbreaking. Yeah. Tragic. I think three big names that come to mind that we haven't discussed yet would be David Bowie, Tom Petty, and Prince, who we all uh, ah, yeah. lost just not not too long ago, a couple, a couple of years ago. And I think despite their big successes in life being years past, I think their icon status for dying at a relatively young age, you know, it just it's maximized because of how much of an influence they had when they were alive and how young they died, you know? Right. Um,
1: The people that kind of inspired this question for me were um, Kurt Cobain and Chris Cornell. Um, It's interesting that this, the, the lists from me and Matt are, kind of music centric and I, I was unsure if there was a theme because it, it was because my first impressions of these posthumous national tre- treasures were musicians or singers um, thinking about Kurt Cobain and in life I feel like he didn't get a lot of the cult recognition that he he has now yeah. Um. The you know critical acclaim. Okay, so we're, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna drag us back out of the muck,
2: right? <laughs> brighten things up, Steve. Brighten
1: brighten <laughs> this episode. Oh, didn't didn't expect the that turn. <laughs> Apologies, campers. Uh. So my my next topic of discussion here is forward thinking. So thinking about the future and if it's possible to anticipate who will be a national treasure in the future. Are there people in pop culture now that may not be a national treasure, but you can kind of see them being that in the future? And I, I, I want to pose an example miley cyrus right so personally i was never a fan of miley cyrus i just missed the boat on hers the stages of her career up until this point so her hannah montana days not a fan her party in the usa days not a fan her wrecking ball days. Again, not a fan. But recently, she has been doing things that I find very compelling, where she's kind of wrangled her image a little bit. Yeah. And and she's now putting out earnest, good music. Um, I don't know if the two of you have seen any of her covers recently within the past year yeah um there was a um chris cornell tribute concert video going around of her covering a song by temple of the dog the band composed of chris cornell and eddie better before pearl jam and yeah.
3: Oh, that's that's really um, cool. I haven't I've not seen it, that, that that's really cool.
1: Yeah. So she, she, you, it's really interesting watching this video because it's this memorial tribute concert for Chris Cornell. Um, I think the backstory is that she knew Chris's daughter, so she was invited to sing at this concert. The start of the video shows the announcement miley cyrus and you kind of hear the the audience like snickering uh what is you know like, what's, what's she up here? with this yeah <laughs> what is she doing here and then she proceeds to cover this song say hello to heaven she kills it like completely nails it and at the end of the video you hear like just uh, the crowd going nuts for this performance of her singing this song, covering this song, you know, covering a song by a singer who, in his like, in his life, was just like legendary status. Yeah, you know, and to see her do it justice and have the audience and hear the audience respond to it like an approval of like, wow, she really has musical chops that I don't think we've seen before. Um, it's interesting, you know, I, I, I think I would highly recommend anybody to seek out some of Miley's recent stuff, recent covers. I think she, she's covered um Maneater by Holland Oates. Yep. Um, I think
2: I heard Heart of Glass by Blondie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Such just such solid performances. I think she's I think she is she has a narrative arc in her career where I don't know if I would call it redemption because you know I she has been popular like for some subset of the population but i think she's getting a more broad appeal now that she's now that she's been putting out really earnest music performances that that are less about like her image or shock value where you know it's not super bold twerking it's you know she's she's now kind of settling into a true musician's career if that makes sense
2: I I think a lot of what you're saying reminds me of my pick for uh legend status with with Lady Gaga because you know she did start off as a really big hit you know with with her pop music and her videos and her crazy costumes but then after a while your audience might move on or taste in music might change so it, how do you reinvent yourself how do you move forward and stay relevant and i think with lady gaga you know she released an album with tony bennett of jazz standards she went in a different direction with her music which was a little more country pop uh sounding a little bit of rock uh in 2016 with her album joanne in recent years she performed at the super bowl with a uh, a noteworthy halftime show she's moved into acting with a star is born. She released a, a new album, Chromatica, last year, which did very well. Uh, her album sales are up to 124 million. She's got four Guinness Book World Record entries, 12, 12 Grammys, an Oscar. You know, she, she's found ways to move her career forward without just sticking to what worked initially. And I think with what you were saying about Miley, I think she's doing the right things because she could easily disappear but she's finding that she needs to grow with her audience and expand it. And it seems to be working.
1: Yeah. Just shout out to Lady Gaga's performance at the inauguration.
2: Yeah. Phenomenal. S- right. So good. She's like, a, so tasteful. Class act. Yeah. You know, cause a lot of people don't know, I think when she first came out, people didn't realize that she had the chops to sing. She wasn't just another carbon copy of, of another pop star. Not only did she change the game uh, You know, so much music in the 2000s was R&B or hip hop uh, influence. And she kind of came out of came out of the gate saying, you know, I'm doing pop music. I'm doing dance music. And she changed she changed the landscape of uh, and the direction that music was going. And I think when the artist shows their true talent over the years, it uh, it just solidifies. Wow, this isn't just a flash in the pan. This is something that is going to stick around for years to come. Even when they pass away, they'll they'll be remembered.
3: Yeah, so, Absolutely. I'll go outside of music for mine. I was trying to think about somebody who over the years has become more and more like well-known and I think is going to become just more as they get older. And I, the name that I ended up coming up with that I think is absolutely going to be someone that the world, everybody in the world knows, Like, I think this person in particular has the ability if they keep going on the direction they're going to be like maybe even like a tom hanks level type of actor in the world well known for both movies and outside would be tom holland who's yeah. uh the current spider-man um i remember the first time i saw tom holland in a movie so in i think it was 2012 he he was a he was a child actor and he was in the movie the impossible that had um ewan mcgregor and naomi watts in it it was about the about a family that gets separated during the uh, Christmas earthquake and tsunami that happened in the Indian Ocean. They were in Indonesia, I believe, on vacation. And then they somehow miraculously find each other through all that chaos. And he played one of the sons and he just did such a great job. And then I remember a few years later when he was cast as Spider-Man to be the new Spider-Man for the MCU movies, it was definitely like, wow, I've heard of him before. He's just done such a great job in those movies. Um, He's had some movies that haven't gone over well, but I think that throughout a career of acting, you're going to have movies that people love and people don't like. But I think you can start to tell if an actor is very well liked based on, like I said, outside of what they do. Do they have a good presence? Like do people like them, especially nowadays, like on social media, but also do people like forgive them very easily for being in a movie or for a singer like making an album that's not that popular like can they forgive them very easily for that and I think that that's something that he fits very well because he's definitely been in some movies that have not been so great and people it's like who cares who cares about that but there's some people they're in a bad movie and it's like the end of the world it's like okay well I guess their career is over or they put out a bad album it's like I guess you're not making any more music or something like that so and i also think he's got a really good personality and i think that over the years he's just going to make better and better movies and become more and more popular it
1: speaks to the the idea that like the population wants to see the person succeed you know like we forgive those bumps in the road just because of the perceived connection to the person the like oh i i think i know the core of that person just by the way that they carry themselves when they're not performing in interviews and you know whatever else.
2: Yeah. I think another famous name that comes to mind with kind of that that personality that attracts you. You feel like you know them. You feel like you can rely on them through the years as a as a continuous presence in, in pop culture. I think Kelly Clarkson is a really good example because
3: 100%
2: not only is she the first American idol winner uh, she doesn't have as many album sales as Carrie Underwood. Who's also a a fan favorite. She's, she's close. She's just behind her, but I think she's finding ways to show her talents and her diversity. I mean, she has her own talk show now where she performs at the beginning of each show. So she's still singing. She's still uh, making music. And you think her albums might not be, selling like they used to back when she first came out but she's finding ways to remain relevant to give back to her fans and and to her community i know she raises money through charities uh, like lady gaga does as well so you know i think years from now decades from now we're still going to be talking about kelly clarkson whether she's putting out music or not because she's found ways to reinvent herself and uh, remain a just a, a national treasure you know someone that you're like kelly clarkson she you know we picked we picked a good one Thank God yeah. we didn't pick uh, what was the other one, Justin Guarini. Guarini. He was yeah, poor yep. guy. <laughs> Listen, Justin,
3: he, he's he's doing great. He's got those Dr Pepper commercials. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's very happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just to wrap this up, I did find a list of of a like ranking people as national treasures, and I was I. I wanted to have the conversation before we dove into this list to kind of get our own take on it without outside influence. I thought it would be interesting to take a look at the list and see, see how we did, <laughs> if, if that makes any sense.
3: Yeah, let, let, let's see.
1: This is from ranker.com. Shout out to Ranker. Yeah. The Truth Cabin now sponsored by Ranker. But <laughs> not really though. Okay. Number one, top of the list, Tom Hanks. You did it, Councillor wow. Charlie. You did it.
3: Uh-huh. Thank you.
1: Number two. And I'll, I think this list goes on for like hundreds, but we'll just do the top 10 to, you know. Keep, okay, keep it, keep it brief. Number two, Dolly Parton.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, we didn't even mention her, yeah.
1: Yeah. Of course. I've, after writing my lists, it's interesting that she never popped into my head. But yeah. I, so spoiler alert, I did go through this list. I have read this list after, before this episode Yeah. recording. But um, yeah, I, we'll continue. <laughs> Number three, James Earl Jones.
3: Oh, of course.
1: Number four, Betty White. Yep. Number five, Carol Burnett. Yep. Number six, Stephen King.
3: Oh, of course, yeah.
1: Number seven, Angela Lansbury.
3: Oh, Mm -hmm. I love Angela Lansbury.
1: Number eight, Sally Field.
3: Very likable. Number
1: nine, I I know. Uh, My name is Doris. Is that? What it was called, my, the Michael Showalter film. She was so good in that. Uh, number nine, Bruce Springsteen. Yep. And number ten, Sylvester Stallone.
2: All classics.
1: And I also I also thought about Lou Ferrigno while putting my list together, thinking about like his his career and his journey being similar to to Arnold.
2: Um, Can I add a few more?
1: Yes, please.
2: To the ranker list. Just let them know that we're adding a few more yeah, to, to their I'm list. Emailing them now. <laughs> I would say Weird Al Yankovic. Ooh, that is a person who I put on, yeah. on my list. And besides Weird Al, I'd like to add Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Oh, very nice. She very is, nice. for me, Elvira is like, Betty White. Everybody likes her. She always shows up, you know, once in a while you see her typically around Halloween, you see Elvira, but she's maintained, uh, her, her personality and her relevance for like what, 40, 30, 40 years. You know, she's just, she's awesome. Who doesn't like Elvira? She's a, she's a hoot. Yeah. She's always, always, always funny. And, uh, same with Betty White. She's just been doing it for so long or Dolly Parton. And they just, nothing, nothing hurts their careers. They just keep remaining relevant. Everyone loves them. Anything they put out is, is successful and uh, they have that, that special star quality that makes them a national treasure, you know?
3: Yeah. I think just to wrap up thoughts about this, I think one of the most interesting things that's come up for me when we're talking about this is obviously when we speak about national treasures, we're trying to think about people who specifically are big in the United States, But it's interesting how there are people who are not from the United States who might work in films or have music that comes out here that just because they're from another country doesn't mean that they're not a national treasure in the United States. Like for my person, we mentioned at the end, Tom Holland. I mean, he's British, he's he's born in the United Kingdom, makes a lot of films there and stuff, but he, because his films have come out here and he has a lot of work in the life here too, he's somebody, or like a lot of these people where it doesn't really matter where you're from, you could still be a national treasure in our country.
2: Can I add Bob Marley to the list? He is
3: yes. absolutely 100 I-
2: iconic. I've actually been getting back into his music lately. I'm not really into reggae, but the message is so solid. And I think his, his message beyond the talent and beti- beyond the success, I think Bob Marley's message was so ahead of its time, so important and still so relevant today. So you know, yeah. and and not American, but, you know, he really resonates with a lot of Americans.
1: Right. I I also had an internal struggle thinking about my list and cross-checking with nationality, but I had on my list Keanu Reeves, Yeah. but he, a Canadian guy, you know, I didn't know there if there that disqualified that. him, but he's just like the notoriously nice guy, like yep. down to earth man. So I, you know, I just wanted to throw a shout out to Keanu. Yes. So Keanu, if you're listening, yep. um, we love you.
2: Yep. you know, <laughs> I will say I'm disappointed that Larry, the cable guy didn't get a mention in this episode. Interesting. I'm, I'm only joking. I'm not really a fan. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there are personalities like Larry, the cable guy or, jeff dunham with his puppets uh or i mean i could go on and on jimmy buffett you know where they're they're iconic but there's a there's an element of cheese to it where they're just kind of i don't know they're not they're not has-beens they're they're
3: they're kind of a big deal but uh
2: there's a reason they're not on the list
3: (laughs) i've never been a huge fan of larry the cable guy simply because i'm starting to suspect that he's not actually a cable guy like (laughs) yeah like 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 he did he spent so much time on comedy like if he does work for a cable company then he's clearly slacking on his job and and i i i, I, don't I know that. for
1: a fact that no cable guy needs that much prilosec <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <sighs>
2: with that said i think we discovered a lot of truths today steve and thank yeah. you for uh, thanks for bringing up this topic because it, it's made me really think about the difference between someone who's just a big success and someone who resonates with the masses, you know.
3: Yes. Yes, ab- absolutely. Thank you so much, Steve.
1: Hey, it's it's my pleasure. <laughs> so with that, I I think we can wrap it up. Wrap I, it up. I would like to thank the campers for sticking with us through this National Treasure episode apologies that we never got to talk about the national treasure franchise of movies it's good it's good it's fine it's good it's, it's, it's about there. treasure it has Nicolas cage in it
2: yeah he finds he finds some way to break into the Capitol, right which we yeah know, there and, are and, clues yeah, yeah there
1: are clues but I, we'll leave it there
2: yeah
1: so campers <laughs> please Continue listening. Com- continue giving us that feedback. We're loving yeah. it. Yeah, I absolutely. think we should say goodbye now.
3: Absolutely. Should we just say
1: goodbye. Is that yeah. how we do it now?
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, you say goodbye first, Steve. Why don't you say say goodbye?
1: Okay. Campers, <laughs> goodbye to you. <laughs> Until next time. Have yeah. have such a good month. <laughs>
3: absolutely also i'll just mention quickly to make sure again you go to our instagram account at the truth cabin we'll ask some questions based on this episode some of the stuff we talked about and we'll mention it at the top of our next episode but yes thank you so much everybody for tuning in for this episode this is charlie this is matt and this is steve and we'll see you next time everybody bye bye
2: bye later campers